Hey everybody, welcome to I'm Not a Robot episode, I think we're up to nine now. I'm here in the studio with John Booth. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. John. Yes. Where do you live? I live in Hartville, Ohio. And how did you get to Hartville? Oh, wait, yeah. time out. Yes. You're a writer. Yes. You're here because... <laughs> because I'm here because I've known you for a really long time. For a very long time. What year did we meet, John? Nine. 1990. 1990. Yes. Yes. Now, do you hear the hiss in the background? I do, a little it's bit. It's a slight hiss now. Sometimes you can ground the board with human flesh. And sometimes the, uh, the effects are on, and sometimes that'll do it. Okay. But how, you're hearing yourself okay now? Yeah, yeah. Good? Yeah. Check one, two? Yeah. How about now? Can the studio audience hear us? Yes, they can, actually. Who's in the studio today? Just some anonymous crowd that we brought in for the street. Yeah, is that right? All right. You are here because you're a writer, and I wanted to have you on my show. Thanks for coming to the show. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so you live in Ohio. Yes. And I met you a long time ago. Yes. When did you know that you were going to be a writer? Um, actually, really early. Like you were nine, I, well, eight or nine, or... Um, I think I realized, or that, like, the, when I first started saying to my parents, I want to be a writer, was probably, like, in middle school. Okay. You know? Right. Were you um, actively writing things at this point? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Poems, stories? Yes. Okay. Poems, Do, do any stories. of those still exist today? Possibly. Possibly. But never for public consumption. Never. No. What, what were they about? <laughs> I seem to remember writing a lot of, like, starting... A lot of stories. Right. Like, I remember coming up with an idea of uh, 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 a, a science fiction story about a guy who was uh, a bounty hunter in... Like, a la Star Wars, or is this before No, no, Star this Wars? was... this. Well, this was... I mean, I was familiar with Star Wars, because... Right, right. But this was, this was a guy who was going to be a bounty hunter, and the setting was a post-nuclear world, and... Um, the major the major cities of the United States were all underground. We got to do this like for a movie or something. <laughs> Just, yeah. So so that's pretty ambitious. His name was Ace. Ace. <laughs> awesome. It could work. It could totally work. Yeah. Totally work. So so yeah, there was that. Um, you know, I just always fiddled around with writing stuff. Sure. And when do you do your writing? Um. Currently, I try to do, like, I try to write at night, but the thing is, is I do a lot of writing for my day job, mm -hmm. so... What do you do? What's your day job? I work in communications. Okay. So, I do a lot of writing for work, Yeah. and it's kind of weird, because one of the things that I have noticed, because I've been writing, you know, I was a journalist for 15 years. Right. So, I noticed that it was, on occasion, like, it was harder to come home from work and write creatively, because I spent my whole day at work writing. Okay. And so I didn't have that, like there's kind of a buildup, like a create creativity buildup. Right. And I used to kind of liken it to when I was at work writing, it was like the faucet was always on. Right. As opposed to going a long period without writing and then, you know, having that need to sit down and write. Right, right. So. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, currently, I you know. I try to do my writing at night, right. on the weekends, um, 
my non-work writing mostly right now is, you know, I write for Geek Dad. Yes. So, so we're going to put a links up to all of your fun things online, including your Amazon link to your book. Books. Books, excuse me. Uh, Crossing December's and also Collect All 21. Now, can you tell me... Um, Hey, uh, I'm really tired, John, right now. I'm so tired. It's <laughs> okay. I'm so tired. That's okay. What we did today is, is we went to the donut plant. The donut plant. Right? Right. And we had some good donuts. They were good donuts. Right? And then we went to Astoria to go to the Museum of the Moving Image. Which was which was pretty cool. It was good. And we got in for free because on Fridays from 4 to 8, it's free. I don't think it's pay what you want. I think it's just free admission. Right. 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 And then we uh, went to Central Park for five seconds, and then we came home. Yes. Right. And then we ordered Thai food, and we're waiting on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, th- it's been what, two and a half, three days of, of doing a lot of walking around the yeah. city and everything, which right, is right. cool, because yeah, that's yeah. what we came here for. Absolutely. Really absolutely. Like and I do appreciate you doing, doing the podcast. You know, we did this uh, the first time you came out. Or no, no. When we lived in uh, Bloomfield, did you, you, did a, you did a podcast. Right. Right, right. Right. And, and maybe I'll splice in the best bit right here. <laughs> edit. <laughs> So there, there was a was, be, there was a best bit. To I that think part. there's a part where I walk out of the room and then you talk into the mic by yourself for a while, and I can't remember if you talk about cats or something or it's or it's you talk about your book or there's there's an interesting you're like <laughs> now that now that Ivan's out of the room, come closer and I'll tell you some stuff. <laughs> so it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I should probably go back and listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> we were drinking or, and, or be uh, mightily surprised. Sure, sure. Um, but um, back to your writing thing. Okay. You, you start, you, it was a focus on journalism and not narrative fiction or? When? You mean, uh, I guess when you were in high school. Like when, when, uh, when I was in high school, it was, I was trying to do fiction. I did a lot of poetry because. Mm-hmm. You know, what was your poetry about? Um, actually, I did a lot of poetry. Like I, I kind of liked, uh, for lack of a better term, like detail poetry. I like, don't know what that means. Well, that's because I don't know if it's a thing. It's just a term I use. Maybe it needs to like, be a thing. Like William Carlos Williams, the things about, you know, plums in the icebox and, okay. and the, the rainwater and the uh, red wheelbarrow, things like that. Okay. Um, so I've always been kind of fascinated by little details. Things. That stick. Right. Things that you so, see. Yes. And you were writing fiction at this point too or no? Like I said, in high school, I don't think I did a lot of... I don't think I completed a lot of fiction. Now, did you work for the high school newspaper or anything like that, the yearbook? or I did. And when I worked on the high school newspaper, it's kind of one of those things... Um, I look back at the high school... What news- was the name of your high school newspaper? Uh, the... It was the Blue Streak. The Blue Streak. Because we were right. in the Lake Blue Streaks. Sure. And what um, year was this? But here's the thing. Yeah. We really... We had had their, their, we were restarting the high school newspaper after there had been a few years without it. Okay. Um, what, there just wasn't any interest in it or? There just hadn't been one, right? Okay. All right. So we were kind of picking it up and starting it new. And because, you know, we grew up in the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. we wanted to call it the Blue Zoo Review. Because there was a show, there was like a show from when we were little kids growing up called the New Zoo Review. Okay. We like the Blue Zoo Review, it's right. hilarious. And the teacher, and, and the teacher was like, said, no. No. That's so good. what we did though was, we called it, you know, we, we stuck with the Blue Streak name, but then we had like two pages in the middle mm-hmm. that we called the Blue Zoo Review. Oh, and that's I see. where that was your and compromise. that's where we would put the that's where we would just put the stuff that you know you look at it now. And I'm sure we thought we were terribly clever, 
But, you know, you look at it now and it's kind of weirdly snarky and kind of snooty, I guess. Sure. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. But, but you were writing articles for um, this. Yes, but. but. Yes, but. Yes, but. Um, so here's, here's, you know, we kind of, uh, we assigned other students to do, like, the, the actual, like, Covering actual meetings actual, and stuff? Or? The actual stories, like, right, right. you know, right. like the actual news type stories. Sure. And then we would write, like, movie reviews. Oh, the fun stuff. We would, did yeah. you get free tickets and stuff we like did. that? Or did no, you get, um... Did the... No, we would just review stuff that, oh, like, okay. hey, you know what would be fun to write about? This movie. Now, how did you, how did you, how was the paper printed or what was the technology at that I point? believe... And I'm only, I'm interested I, because I, 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 I was think, on the high okay. school newspaper as well, so, but I just want to hear what, what you were So we were using, was. we were using Apple's, I think yeah. they were Macintosh? You had a, a mouse. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Was it called PageMaker? There was yes. Like a, yes. At, there was Atlas like a... PageMaker. Right. Right. So, yeah. And you'd like cut and paste and yeah, put the, put yeah, the yeah, copy yeah, in yeah, and yeah. you had to link it from page one to That's page two. That's pretty high tech and, for then. Um, but then yeah. what was the format of the, of the paper? It was, I'm trying to think. Was it on actual newsprint or was no, it? No, oh, okay. No. No, but we had them printed at the local. Like we didn't, they didn't just run copies off. We actually had it printed at oh, okay. like the local. Uh, like in black and white or mimeographed or? It was black and white, but there was spot color because oh. it was blue. So like we wouldn't do, like there, did, like you could put blue color graphics in it. Could you do pictures or? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. we could, but the pictures were all black and white. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know what's funny though? Is I actually did get my first legit press pass when I was working for my high school newspaper what? because it was fall of 1988. Sure. And there was a presidential election going on. Mm-hmm. And George Bush, the elder, sure, came into the campaign stop at the Akron Canton Airport. Right. And the Lake High School band was um, was going to play there. Right. And here comes Jen down the stairs. Can you hear? Her? I can't. Oh, I don't you know if I can hear her in the cans or not. I. I can hear. Yeah. But she's I think anyway. She's hesitating. So, <laughs> so you got a press pass. So uh so Lake's band was playing. Right. So uh my friend Adam, who was the Jen, editor, come on, we're live on the internet right now. Twitch TV. You wanna say hi <laughs> to all the fans? Hello. I'm lying we're not live, we're just recording it. Right. That's okay. Yeah. You can point out that I have a really bad just, habit of opening drinks and leaving them. That's fine. This will be fine. Yeah. yeah everybody fine. has their thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so So anyway you gotta press okay. pass for so, the um, Well no wait. So so here's the thing. So we were like, um, oh yeah, we should we should totally get press passes to go to go do this, right? And we went to the principal because Adam my my uh, one of my best friends in high school, Adam, was the editor mm-hmm. of the newspaper. Right. And so we went to the principal and we were like, hey, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to go cover this campaign event for the school newspaper. And he said, hey, that'd be a, that'd be a great idea. I'll, I'll find seats for you guys on the band bus. And we were like, oh, that sounds like a, like a terrible, terrible idea. Sure. So at the time... We were going to, you know, the plan to, to shoot photos, we were going to take my dad's camera, which was air quotes here, a really nice camera. Like a 35 millimeter camera. Yeah, like a 35 millimeter camera. Now it was, in fairness, it was a nice camera. To the kids out there, can we explain what 35 millimeter (laughs) is? It had film in it. Right. Um, And we're like, oh, well, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, we're taking my dad's camera here and we don't want anything bad to happen to it on the band bus or anything. Sure. So maybe we should just drive separately. Right. And the principal was like, okay, yeah, sure. Okay. So we had to go through 
like the Stark County, we had to call like the Stark County Republican Party because right. they handled the tickets and the press passes. Sure. And they got us press passes to go, right? right. So, so the day of the event, we go out there. It is, we don't know what's going where, where on. Where are you going? We're going there? to the Akron Canton Airport. It's in a hangar. Okay. They've got this event. You know. With high security and all that. Or was it security well, at that it point? Well, it, it was 88, like... so it wasn't, I mean, there was security. Right. Um, but I remember it was it was bitter cold, okay. which we hadn't been expecting. Right. But the funny thing is, is, is they gave us these press passes, and we show up, and we're like standing up on the platform next to like CNN and CBS. Right. <laughs> we're and you guys like, are we're like a couple, we're a couple right. of kids from the high school. Right, but you paper. did it. You did it. Um, yes. And and then I, what else, the other thing that I remember is after it was over, uh, you know, we we're like, well, you know, my house is only like 10 minutes from the airport and my mom is there and we had like uh, uh, leftover beef stroganoff from dinner the night before and I was like, hey, we could just go over to my house and hang out and watch some TV and have a really good lunch and everything while we, while we you know, thaw the, the frostbite sure. from our toes and everything. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, so we went back, hung out at my house. Do watched. you remember anything from the, from the, conv- the thing? Or the, I uh, do. I actually wrote about it and, right. and again, in the style of kind of what we did. Right. I didn't actually cover it so much as a political event as I wrote a column about what it was like to be there. Right, right. So, like, I remember, you know... Does I, that still exist somewhere? I think we have copies okay, of, the, yeah, yeah. of the newspaper yeah, around. Yeah. I, I know I do. I think Adam does. Okay. Um, but, you know, I wrote about what it was like getting the press pass and finding myself standing on this platform next to CNN. Right, And, right. like, um, these... You know, I remember, because it was a... Because it was in Ohio... Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, like the quarterback from the Cleveland Browns was there. Oh wow! You know? And I remember somebody from CNN like turning to me and asking, "So who's this guy?" <laughs> I was kind of high school newspaper. Yes. Well, no, they were asking. Were they cool? Or they were. were they... Well, no, they were asking. The, the The CNN reporter didn't know who the quarterback from. Didn't recognize oh, the quarterback so from the Cleveland Browns. Information. Yeah. So he was like, "Oh, so who's this guy?" So yes, there I am in high school telling the that's, CNN reporter, "This is Bernie Kosar. That's He's pretty the cool. Quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Right. right. Um, did that did that that uh, fuel your journalism sort of uh, bug or? I mean, it was writing. Like, well, was, like why did you the... go into journalism and not like fiction writing or or uh, journal writing or nonfiction writing? Well, I, or just any I other minored. Writing? I minored in creative writing. My degree is okay. in magazine right. journalism. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's just because for, for practical reasons. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. If I took journalism, that was a way to you know I always wanted to to write stuff that was creative. And mm-hmm. there is a creative angle to journalism, obviously. Sure, sure. But, you know, if you get a degree in creative writing, I was like, well, what do I do? There's no, like, you don't apply for a job in creative right. writing. Right, um, Unless and, you're a professor or something like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so that's why I went into journalism, because I liked, inter- you know, and I liked interviewing people and telling stories and things like that. Right. Um, so, you know, the nice thing about, I went to Bowling Green. Yes, Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, Bowling Green. Hello. Home of 88.1 WBGM. Yes. John and I were on the radio at one the shark. many years ago. Um, I wish tapes of that still existed. You know. Do you have one? My brothers have at least one. Oh, we got to get that digitized. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Was it? It was. Is it, I don't. I got to be honest. I don't know if you're there. I don't care because I think it might have been when we stayed up there in the summer. Yeah. And I think like my brothers each Still came up to visit it. me. All Still right, I'll see if we can find yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Especially if there's some escaped fetal pigs on it or something like that. <laughs> I think there might be. Yeah, yeah. There might be. Right. Um, so, the thing about the journalism school at Bowling Green was they were really good about making you take classes in all sorts of stuff. Right. I'm going like to ask it, you to talk into the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll turn it around. Here we go. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. So, the thing about so, taking journalism classes. So, they made me take a whole bunch of, you know, it, you it had was to, pre-journalism. No, no, this oh. was the actual journalism class. Like, even though my degree was in magazine journalism, right. I had to take, I had to learn how to write PR stuff, and I had to learn how to write ad copy. Which has served you very well to, now, right? right? Because, well, and it, it served me all along the way, because every journalism job that I had uh-huh. was something that I knew nothing about. Okay. So, when I got my first beat reporting job, I had never been a, I had never been a, a beat reporter. Okay. So... I was not used to the idea of having to go out and find my own stories. And then when I became a sports writer, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know anything about sports. Right, right, right. <laughs> I knew I could, you know, now, but you, I knew I could, I knew I could write once I learned. Are the articles from your journalism year online in some, online in some, some of form? Them, some of them are. Okay. Cause so I did the same thing for when I went there. Yeah, yeah. There was a good, like sort of baseball diamond field, uh, story that I remember. Oh, that was a fiction piece. Yeah. 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 That was a good yeah. one. That was, that a, was a fiction one. piece. That yeah, was the yeah, first. We'll, we'll put that up there. That was the first piece of fiction that I ever sold. Right. right. Now, um, now, um, I'm getting scattered here because I'm running on fumes. That's okay. From today, dinner should be here soon. Dinner should be here soon. Um, I wonder if we could get free dinner if we put a commercial for them. Yeah, if you could come in and do a plug. <laughs> Spice Thai food in Montclair. Um, mm. <laughs> yes. I said I had to learn how to write ad copy. I yes. didn't say I could do it well. Right, right. But, 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 but you learned it. So it seems like I remember journalism, you had to be pre-journalism before you could be a journalism major. I don't remember that. Because I mean, I just remember taking I a lot remember, of, like, I remember taking a lot of, ma- I took, like, mass communication okay. courses. And right. I took, but I, I, I was originally pre-journalism. Oh, okay. In Bowling Green. But I had a bad teacher, and so I switched to English. Okay. Which, Which like, you still speak. <laughs> Lucky me, <laughs> barely. English as a barely first language. <laughs> um, but but anyway, enough about me. So so you you were you were, what was your first journalism related job out of college? Okay, so um, I graduated from college and I moved to Florida. What, what year is this? I graduated in 1993. Well, no, 1992. And what right, was the world like in, in 1992? You graduated early, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, I did. Yes. You put in the time and got out early. Well, I started with some extra credit. So, yes. yes. But I got out, I got out like one semester early. So, right. And then I moved to Florida. Florida. What part of Florida? Orlando. Orlando. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, where I promptly put my degree to work. Yes. At McDonald's. Sure. And the original Buffalo Wing and Sub Company. I don't think I knew that you worked at the original I did. Buffalo Wing and Sub I did. At one point, I knew how to make really good Buffalo Wing sauce, and oh. I could I could make stromboli from scratch, including the dough. Wow. That's yes. impressive. I didn't know you could do that. Sometimes I wish I still had that skill. You can always go back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so, so the first... So then I got a job at the Orlando Sentinel in the composing department. 
Okay. And this was not, I mean... Now, how did you, what was your in there? Was it just a cold call it was, or? They, it, yeah, I think I answered a classified ad. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it, yeah, they advertised right. in the paper. Okay. So the composing That's department. That's unheard of today, by the way. So the composing department, well, yeah, classified ad, what? Well, I mean, what? just uh, even like, oh, I'd like a job here. Oh, come on in. Well, I mean, I, you know, like I said, it was, it was an ad they were right. hiring. And I didn't know. Did you have to submit a writing I didn't know. sample or? No, because okay. that's the thing. This was not a writing job. But right. I saw it as a way to hopefully you know, get my foot in the door at, right. the, at the Sentinel. Right. So composing was, we literally cut and pasted the newspaper together. Okay. And I don't mean like point and click. I mean, like, with, like, like razor blades, wax, yes. mounting them on the right, boards. Right. That's everything. how we did the, um, we, we would, uh, before PageMaker was there, we would go to the, the, oh, okay. the newspaper and they would print out mm-hmm. the long columns, like two feet long right. stories yeah. and you would have to cut them yes. and, we, we were still together. The Orlando Sentinel was still doing that in 1994, I think. Right. I think I started there I in think 94. They were still doing it up until 95, maybe 96. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was there when they had stopped doing it. Okay. But well, and it's funny because was that a full time job at that point? Or? It it did not start as a full time job, but it led to a full time job. Uh-huh. Like I was never a f- well. I think I did actually go full time in composing just before they got rid of the composing department. But you know what's funny is I'm still friends with uh, several people that I worked in composing with. Okay. And we realized that, um, like, when we were there, there were still some of the the older employees that worked in, like, the press room and the camera department and stuff who could remember working with hot type, you know, where they'd actually set the lines of metal type together. And then we realized, over the years, we realized we... Are like them sure. now because sure. we were the last generation of people right. to use the razor blades and the wax yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. put the paper together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so get off my lawn, you kids. Um, <laughs> Come on, now say it with feeling. Get off my lawn, you get kids. Get off my lawn. Old man yells at cloud. Yes. So um, <laughs> the cloud. Yes. Um, so what? So when they finally figured out, hey. We could do this with computers, and I no longer had a job in the composing department. I moved over to a different department. Right. Um, and that was doing, I was still laying out the paper in a different right. fashion, but I was using computers. But anyway, and this was the a point full-time is, gig at this point. Uh, this was a full-time gig. Now, were you happy that, to be working at the newspaper at well, the time? Here's the thing. Yes, I was. Okay. Yes, I was. Because it was good to five, or how, what were the hours? Composing was not, but when I had gotten my new job, my new job did go to... It was like 10 to 6. Okay. So it was a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of nice because yeah. I could sleep in a little bit and not work too late. There's the phone call. Okay. John, can you tell a story while I get the phone? <laughs> Ivan has left the room. We should talk about him. So, um, this one time in college. I, no, I don't have any good stories about Ivan. What? Well, I mean, I do, but not any that I'm going to. Maybe because dead air. You worked on the radio. Dead air is not a good thing. Well, that's true, but you know what? He can he can go back and edit this. But now since I said this, he's probably not. He's probably just going to leave it in. Uh, So I just got a call from a robot named Nancy. Oh, robocalls. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell you where she called from. Hi, this is Nancy from Sacramento, California. And I said, "Are you a robot? Let me tell you about something." (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Back to the Orlando Sentinel. Oh, okay. How big so, was the staff at this point? 
It was a big paper. Okay. I mean, it's a. See, here's the thing. I, it still exists, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, which I guess I shouldn't be so flip about because there's a lot of papers that don't, and a lot of newspapers that really trimmed their staff since then. But so the point is, is that when I no longer had a job in composing and they and I got the you know the day job at the at the paper, yeah, it freed me up. I had a really good boss in that department who was open to like letting me leave shifts early so I could go do freelance. And okay. I started, and then, so when I, you say freelance, it's still freelance. For I free, I freelanced for the paper. See, there was a thing and I don't know if this has ever changed over time, right. but eventually it kind of became clear that at the time the mentality in the newsroom was very much, you started at the bottom, no matter what, right. even though I had a journalism degree and all this, right. you know, Not necessarily if I really, room, if I really, right. If I really wanted to be a full-time reporter in the newsroom, I either needed to go to a smaller paper, right. either, which, which would have been silly because right. I was working for, you know, the Tribune company sure. for Pete's sake. Right. Um, or I was going to have to go up to the newsroom and start as like an editorial clerk. Right. So I was just like, well, why don't I just keep doing this, the, the, you know, the ad layout job and just do freelance coverage. Right. So I was doing like sports. I did a feature or two. Um, and then when we decided to leave Orlando and move back up to Ohio, right. it was kind of nice because I was able to come up with a handful of clippings from a nice big newspaper. Sure. So, so where so. did you go from... The Orlando Sentinel. I went to the Tribune Chronicle in Warren, Ohio, and which is big paper or uh, no, okay. kind of a kind of a medium, sure, medium, small to medium sure. town. And how long did um, you work there for? Three years, four years, summer '99 to right. two thousand something. Right, um, but and I was just a. For most of the time I was there, I was the education reporter. Now, when did and you, I was also a columnist there, so that was... When did cool. you write Collect All 21? I did not write Collect All 21 until 2009. 2009. Right. Collect All 21, Memoirs of a Star Wars Geek. Right. The first, the first 30 years. In uh, digital format, too, on Amazon.com, right? Yes. All right, we'll put the link yes. up, up there's there a couple. Well. There's a couple versions. There's the, the paperback original version. Oh, right. And then the there's cover. like the, the See, Amazon ebook is right. actually... A special edition. Sure. So you can collect, in which, collect all two in which, of John's books. <laughs> I can assure you that there's no right. terrible CGI additions to the to the special edition. Right. And what is Collect All Twenty One about? Collect All Twenty One is about growing up in the uh, in the seventies and eighties as a total Star Wars sure. fan. Well, you know, I mean, I was six right when I saw it. Right. So. What what do you think would have happened if Star Wars didn't exist? What would have? Ooh. Do you think that was a void that needed to be filled by six and seven year old boys? Because I feel like Harry Potter is the thing for kids now. Like what yeah. would have? And my daughter it's and I have actually talked about that. Like that's her that's generation. Like, fill the like no um, Battlestar Galactica. I mean, like well, like, no, let's, Battlestar let's, Galactica wouldn't. There's so much of those things wouldn't, wouldn't have come out. Well, because Star Wars. You know, is what made those things happen. Right, but Star Trek, I think, happened before Star Wars. Is this correct? It did. Okay. But by the time Star Wars came out, Star Trek had already been off the right, air. Right, that's correct. For years. Right, now. right. I'm just and saying, I'm not a hypothetically. Huge, here's, the thing. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I was just going to say that I don't know exactly, and I'm not as huge a, uh, I'm not a huge Star Trek nerd, sure. so I can't say for certainty, mm -hmm. but I seem to think 
that the success of Star Wars probably helped Star Trek the motion picture get right. made. Right, you I just I mean? read, I'm sure read Nimoy's biogra- okay. autobiography, and he's basically like, the movie wouldn't have been made without Star Wars. Because and he spends a chapter thanking George Lucas for the, for the movie. Because okay. everybody in Hollywood is like, we got to do some Star Wars. So, something. I mean, that's where, you, yeah, that's why you, right. you got, you know, Star Trek finally got off the ground. And right, they, right. You know, they so got it wouldn't, that have, it wouldn't have been Star Trek then. No, and I don't know. Like, what would have, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it, I mean, it, you look at the, the stuff that it impacted. I mean, it impacted yeah, how they market movies. It sure, impacted how they the, the the toys that that sure, were made, sure, and licensing and things like right, that. Right, right, So, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, you know, I've read from a from a, a film analytical blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. That you know, one of the theories, kind of what that one of the things that people wonder that they theorize is that Star Wars did so well was because in terms of really good movies, you know, the early 70s were great, mm-hmm. but it was a very kind of dark and pessimistic time. Right. You know, the movies of the time, there was a lot, they were very gritty, there was a lot of realism, there sure. was a lot of, you know, and... Did you see The Hidden was, Fortress? Did we talk about this? I did, but okay. not until, not, okay. you know... What's your take on The Hidden Fortress? I, it's been years since I watched okay, it. Okay, all right. I mean, I know... Were you watching it going, oh, ooh, I was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was. Okay, yeah. all right. And for those who don't know, The Hidden Fortress is a movie by, um, is it Kurosawa? Yeah, yeah. That was sh- shot way before Star Wars, I right. believe, which has some interesting storylines well, and characters. The big genesis, I mean, the, the, the big thing is that The Hidden Fortress is kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's the epic story but the two characters that you're following right. are like the bumbling kind of sidekicks. Sure. You know? So... The droids you're looking the, for. The droids you're looking for. Right. So what I'm saying is if you haven't seen The Hidden Fortress, you need to go out and see it somehow. It's good. Yes. It's good. Right, right. But, um, so... So, so, I, yeah, so I don't know. If, if, if Star Wars hadn't have been there... I, that's a fine question, I don't Right. Know. And we can go on and on. Maybe we should ask the internets. Sure. Hello, internets. <laughs> if Star Wars didn't exist, what do you think would have filled the void? So the Collect All 21, was, was the book idea in place, or were you, were you writing thoughts and ideas, and then you, it coalesced into a book? Or That's, that's kind of what happened. Around, the, around 2006, 2007, which was the 30th anniversary of Star Wars, um, I started thinking about all the Star Wars-related memories that I had from when I was a kid. Sure. So, you know, just bits and pieces. And I started, like, writing uh, writing them down, just mm-hmm. jotting them down as notes. Mm-hmm. And then around 2007, I started writing them up as essays and putting them online. Right, right. And were you getting responses at that point? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I was sharing them with, like, fellow Star Wars sure. fans and things like well, that. Well, this so. book got you into a movie, correct? Documentary? Yes, kind of did. <laughs> so, what's the name of the documentary? The name of the documentary is called Plastic Galaxy. It's it's Plastic Galaxy. Plastic Galaxies, and you, it's story, available for download. The story of Star and Wars. We'll put a link to that. Yes, right, it's right. available on DVD. It's on. I think it actually just made it onto Netflix, but it is. It's, oh, okay. it's on several. It's on several. That's great. It has it has a digital yeah. distribution deal. Right. Um. So. Uh, and what what was uh, did you know the person before? I or? did not. I did, did not. Did they call you out of the blue and you're like, yeah, He's, right. He okay. sent me the, the guy sent me an email sure. and he he introduced himself and he had actually done a previous documentary on. Um, I don't know if there's still a big thing, but there was there was kind of a uh, there was kind of a, a craze several years ago where you would buy like um, blank vinyl action figures. 
like sculptures and stuff, and then people would have artists customize them in different ways. They were like they were. I, I didn't know this was a craze. Yes. What, uh, do you know the name of that film? I think it's called Toys R Us. No. I think so. No. I think so. It's by Brian Stillman. All right. He's all the right. director. We'll check it out. We'll check it um, out. And he said I had done this movie, and now I'm I'm doing a movie about the story of Star Wars, and right. I, I the story of Star Wars or Star Wars the toys? story of Star Wars toys. Oh, okay. And I. I have read Collect All 21, and I really like it, and I think mm-hmm. it would be fun to have you in the movie. So he came out and visited me in Ohio. And Have you read any books like your book? Are there, are there, it seems like I, there, 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 there should be a hundred books like these. Like these? Like this. I think there should just be one. Well, of course there could be the only one. But more and more people should buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here's the funny thing. I, you know, and I, I you know, I wrote this. And I put it out there, and then as different anniversaries showed up or mm-hmm. whatever, like mm-hmm. when the 30th anniversary, I would see, um, I would see other essays like like Kevin Smith did some kind of retrospective of or something, and yes. you, and and you, um, you you heard the Kevin Smith the, story from uh, comic or the uh, epi- the um, celebration thing, right? Which one? That he was uh, after them, and uh, they said, "Oh, we're going to do a Star Wars concert." everybody come out and enjoy the concert and he was the oh, next guy doing the presentation yes, yeah. yes. anyway um, so I have seen like there's no I, I haven't seen one that's kind of like a, a, a book worth but I, I, I did see yeah I've seen a lot more like essays and right, right. recollections that, 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 that people have talked about sure now you're, um, are you going to write an update after the, the next uh, film comes out or are you going to wait for the trilogy I, or you know, I've been toying with it only because no pun I intended. Have, oh. oh, but see, this is about more than toys. But anyway, yeah, because but, you yeah. know, I did. I, like I said, there's an expanded edition that that goes a little bit beyond. Um, that goes a little bit beyond my personal. Right. Because one of the things that that I found that I really liked about this was like people would read it and then say, "Oh my gosh, this reminded me of all this stuff yeah. that I had forgotten." Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, one of the coolest things was like I had somebody tell me once, it took me a really it's not a long book, but it took me a long time to read because I'd be reading and then I'd realize that my mind had wandered and I was just remembering all this stuff from my own childhood. Right. And I actually hadn't read more than like a page and a half because I got all distracted. Right, right, right. Um, now, did you take this to any uh, com- any any cons or I've done, did you like I've gone to some small conventions. Okay. Like there's a there's a convention in uh, Jedi Con West Virginia okay. has invited me down a couple times. Right. And how was that? Um, how was your experience with that? It's fun. Okay. I. I to be honest, I tend not to sell a ton of books. Right. But but you're sitting there the, and yeah, and I they or, they ask me to you know I'll I'll read some chapters and show some of the pictures from the from the cover and mm-hmm. things that I drew and that kind right. of thing. Right. Um, but it's fun, and I, it, it's fun to be there and to to catch up with people and like hear people talk again about sure. Wow, this right. really reminded me of something awesome. Right. Because um, that's the thing. It's not. It's about like more than Star Wars to go to go ahead and 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 go for that cliche, right? Because, you know, and I, I think I actually mentioned this at some point when in the in the chapter where I'm writing about the prequels, mm-hmm. is that for all the flaws with the prequels, right. and I know there are people who say I hate the prequels, but I don't. But you know, I'm one of those people. At any rate, that, anyway. which is fine. But without the prequels. We're not still talking about Star Wars. We're not sharing Star Wars. You know what I mean? Right. There's not... It's... I, I think it's a different place because it kind of... They serve as that bridge between 
our generation and the next right. ones. Like maybe you might be riding a train home and you might hear a bunch of uh, fans dissecting episode one. True, right? true story. While making zero true reference story. to the original trilogy. True story. True story. <laughs> You've never heard such talk about Jar Jar Banks. Right. And non-ironically. Right. That was the... <laughs> so this actually happened within the last few days. Um, so what's your next next book or your next project? Oh... What do you got Can't cooking? Ask me that. What do you got cooking in the works? Well, I, I have a bunch of catching up writing I need to do for Geek Dead. Okay, um, because right. I have. We'll post a link to that as well. I have. I have. Uh, we just got back. Now, how from, did you get the Geek Dad uh, gig? Uh, that was actually, I happened to get in touch with the editor of Geek Dad, back in two thousand nine. You got in touch with him, or he got he, in touch? No, with I him? got in touch with him. Okay, because I thought, hey, this is a really cool site. I've been enjoying it. And I wonder right. if you guys ever looking for writers. And he right. happened to say, you know, what's funny. Is I'm just getting ready to go look for a bunch of writers. And what year was this? This was 2009. 2009, okay. Yeah. Um, and you've been so, writing for them ever since? Yeah. Okay. And so, how many articles do you write typically per year? Or is it an article a month or an article a week? Or do they it take... It varies. Okay. It varies. Um, so, like, recently I just got back from Gen Con. Right. Several of us go. So I'll be writing oh, yeah, about, yeah. Some, I'll be writing about some of the games, some of the games we yeah, played yeah. And, right. and things like that. And because... Um, just to sidetrack because I'm doing that a lot because I'm hungry because we're still waiting our food from Spice the slowest delivery Montclair <laughs> mm-hmm. oh here he is speak of the devil speak okay. of the devil alright we're gonna pause this okay I think it was giant monster daddy car crushers and the mud tug with a dash for cash with truckosaurus funny cars we're gonna turn bowling green into a giant mud pit alright we're back okay. can you hear me yes I can can you hear me John Booth, yes, part two of the show, after we had some food. Okay, How so, do you feel after so, that meal? So wait, you remember where you said, uh, uh, okay, we're going to pause this? Yeah. So what you should do is cut back to this, which is me saying, and that's how the yellow shoes got on top of the stadium. And there. What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> we'll just edit this whole part out. we so, edit this whole part out, right? So, no, it's just live. <laughs> So, Star Wars happened, right? Yes. Bing, when did Dungeons and Dragons happen? Um, in relationship to Star Wars. Is that in here? I don't even remember the RPG no, stuff in here. I, I that don't... should be the other book. Well, Collect all the gems. I have, well, here's the thing. I have written a little bit about Dungeons and Dragons because I don't have as much of a history with Dungeons and Dragons as I would have liked to. Where did you start? I, I, never, I never really got to play Dungeons and Dragons for real as a kid. What's going on? Right, right. Okay, so. So once upon a time. Okay, so. So Dungeons and Dragons started when, before or after Star Wars? Oh, before I think. Okay. But not by much. Well, right. the the origins of Dungeons and Dragons, like okay. the earliest Dungeons and Dragons, I believe were already out there. But I don't know when well, it I'm really this hit up because, and became popular. But first of all, D and D is awesome. But also, a lot of writers are crediting D and D as an inspiration source. Yes, and I never got to play D and D when I was a kid. Not for real. I, How can you not play it for real? Well, I wanted to. Right. But, you know, like, for one thing, the materials were, they, they weren't cheap. You know what I mean? Like the hardback books and stuff. I mean, they right. were. And the other thing was, I grew up in a small town. Uh-huh. And there weren't many. I only knew one other kid, my friend Mike, who was interested in playing D&D at all. Here's the, fun, here's the funny thing. Okay. Do you remember... There was a 
made-for-TV movie starring a young Tom Hanks called Mazes and Monsters. A very special made-for-TV movie. Yes, yes I remember this one. And if you remember, the movie was basically about, don't play D&D, it's bad for you, it'll make you crazy, because Tom Hanks' character went crazy from playing D&D. Right. Did, did he jump off of something? Or I think he, he was going to. Or... He was going to, but I don't think right. he did. Right. The point is, my friend Mike and I saw this movie, mm-hmm. and we were like, wow, we would like to play this Mazes and Monsters game. Right, I wonder so, how, how, how it backfired. So that, exactly, it totally backfired. Right. So, not long after, I remember Mike coming into school and he was like, oh, I learned how to play Mazes and Monsters. And what he had done was he had drawn, like, a dungeon map. Right. And then he would ask me, okay, you're going down this hallway. Do you want to go into this room or this room? And I would say, okay, I want to go into this room. And he would flip... You know, to the notebook where he would, like, that was room number one. And he would flip and say, okay, you go into room number one, and there's a troll there, and it kills you, or right, whatever. Right, Which is um, exciting for, like... Right, we were basically making... Right, we weren't making up characters or anything, but it was kind of that right. telling a story. And yeah, yeah. then, not long after that, Mike talked his parents into getting him... He got the, the, the uh, Dungeons & Dragons basic set. Right. You know, with, like, the purple box and the... Oh, the purple box. I think it was like that kind of light, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the classic one. Right, right. Before the red box. Oh. It was before the red wow. box. And he had the player's handbook. So he taught me how to roll up characters mm-hmm. and stuff and that kind of thing. Right. And then, like, what I did was I went out and bought, what did I get? My parents got me the red box, the classic red box. Right. And then I bought my I bought a copy of the Fiend Folio, which was the only hardback book I had because our thinking was, you know, Mike and me were like, well, we don't each need to have all the books. Right. So we kind of pulled our resources. He didn't have a feed folio, so I bought one. And then I bought a couple modules. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But what, when I say we didn't play for real, I mean, we really, like we would roll up, there were only two of us. So like one person, you know, you'd, you'd play like three characters. Right. And the person running the, you know, being the dungeon master, it was very loose. We played very fast and loose with the rules. Right, right, right. Um, Also, we were... Just move the mic here so we were directly into the mic. We were terrible, terrible cheaters with rolling up characters. You've never seen so many... Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. never seen so many 18s. Right, right. Um, so I never really... I, I never got to play Dungeons & Dragons for real. Right. Until? Until? Until... I don't know, maybe... I think at this point it was probably maybe three or four years ago. And at that point, what version of D&D was it at? It was it was 4th edition. Okay. Now, the so, version that, that you learned was 3rd edition or 1st edition? When, wait, when edition? I got back into it? No, no, or, initially, what was it? Initially, that was 1st uh, first edition, first edition, edition, Advanced okay. Dungeons Dragons. You know, I right, mean, yeah. The, yeah, the classic red box. This sure. was before... Um, this was before 2nd For all the version edition. histories. Right, uh, right. So I started playing 4th edition uh, a few years ago mm-hmm. when a friend of mine introduced us, uh, you know, me and my wife and daughter to it. And we, sure. He, he basically created, I think it was a two or three session adventure, you know, to get us into it. And I've been playing since. And yeah. having fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so there's Star Wars. Dungeons and Dragons. What is the third most influential oh. art thing? Oh. Let's see if I can name it for you. It is Disney, probably, right? I guess maybe, but it's well, Disney's so ubiquitous though that it's like yeah. there's not really a kind of an overarching. Well, here you know, it's funny that you you think of it though. Disney, to me, 
is way different than I bet Disney is to like my daughter. You know what I mean? Because my daughter right. grew up on Pixar movies, which were Pixar movies before they were Disney movies. Right. But she grew up on the Pixar movies, right. and, and like well, the, now and Disney is and Star like, Wars and, like, and Marvel yeah. stuff. Now. Yes, but like the Disney cartoons. You cringed and stuff. at that. What was that cringe from? No, or, no or, you, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you're right. Real, well, yeah. Um, but I don't know about you, but like me, when I think of Disney, when I was a little kid, it wasn't. Just, was, for me, it's the TV show on Sunday nights. Right. right. That's exactly what I was... The TV show on Sunday nights, so when you'd see... Like, remember live-action Disney movies? Yes. Like, like the Apple Old Yeller and, and yeah, Old Yeller? Yeah. Oh, Old Yeller. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no spoilers here. Yeah. <laughs> Old Yeller's just fine, kids. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> just to catch this. But, yeah, I remember why. Right. You know, so there was... Uh, Here's here's something. Oh, I'm gonna digress because that's what I do. Digress. A few years ago, I recorded an old Disney movie called Candle Shoe. I don't know this one. It was a live action Disney movie. It starred David Niven. What? Classic actor David Niven. Okay. And uh, young Jodie Foster, who used to do Disney movies. She was in the original Freaky Friday. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. So I thought, oh, hey, I remember going to see this movie in the theater. Right. And it was just, you know, I had vague memories of it. It was, you know, that Disney live action. So there was a little, you know, there was some wacky detective chasing or whatever. You know, that, right. it, was, it was a Disney live action movie. Right. It came out in 1978, I think. All right. And the thing that really kind of blew my mind was like, I associated that movie with... Um, with being much younger and before my horizons were expanded by Star Wars. Right. But Candleshoe came out in 1978, which means by the time I saw Candleshoe, I had already seen Star Wars. Right. And I couldn't wrap my head around that because it felt so weird that this Disney movie that felt so very much a part of the like real my really young childhood was actually something, you know, by the time I saw Candleshoe, right. I had already started to to you know, look to the science fiction side of things. Sure. Sort of thing. um, so, that was that. That was right. the, that's the digression. Right. Was I just thought it was weird that Candle Shoe came out after Star Wars? Right. Because in my head, it's so much earlier. Right, right, right. So, science fiction is definitely a huge influence. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, and that's Star Have Wars. Have you any science fiction stories? Um, ish. I, I, ish, ish, but I don't. None that have. Um, none that have seen the light of day now, anywhere. Now, did you write Ray Bradbury? Am I making this up, or did you have any? No, I have. Or? I have a letter from Ray because right. I wrote a letter to Ray, Ray Bradbury, and he wrote me back. What was the letter about? Or? I wrote him a letter about uh, the when I sold that fiction story to Florida Magazine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wrote him a letter about it because he had uh, one of his books talks about you know one of the reasons people write and it's you know the whole thing was you know it's not for the paycheck it's not Mm -hmm. for whatever it's Mm -hmm. you know you write for those times when somebody comes up to you and says what you did right impacted me somehow so he has a book about writing or yes it's called Zen in the Art of Writing okay um so I wrote him this letter and he wrote me back wow I mean it was like a really short note it was basically is he still around or did he pass away no he passed away he passed away a few years ago no, I'm um, to think. Who wrote the um, screenplay for Moby Dick? Was that Ray that Bradbury? Was, yeah, that was Ray Bradbury. Okay, all right. Because he was on um, like PBS or something like that recently, and 
the story is they came to him to ask him to write it, and he's like, well, I haven't read it yet. And they're like, well, you have like a week to read it or something yeah. like that, and he couldn't get through it. But he, actually, he actually wrote a, the, he has a book, a collection of short stories that were inspired by the time he spent in Ireland writing the screenplay of Moby Dick. Okay. What's that yes. called? It's called Green Shadows, White Whale. All right. Yeah. And it's good? It is good. Okay. Um, I went through this, I went through a huge Ray Bradbury phase right. when I was in college right. and I just like scarfed down everything he wrote. Because I mean, it's it's science fiction, but he always kind of, like he didn't like being called a science fiction writer. Right. Because he, he was more about, right. Um, like, like there was very human magical sort of, I, yes. I don't know if that's right to say, but. Right. Um, so I've always kind of, if I've written anything that's science fiction, it's in that kind of vein, which is, you know, hey, weird stuff happens. That's, that's right. just it. You know, that was a big undercurrent with a lot of his stuff was like, especially in the Midwest, you know, right. weird stuff happens out there. And Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen it? No. Yeah. No. Do you believe in that kind of stuff? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I guess I really don't. Right. But. But. That doesn't mean I still don't get, you know, sure, scared. It's fun to believe <laughs> in magic. Right stuff. Yes. yes. It is. You know what it is? It's fun to believe in a mystery. Yes. We love mysteries. Yes. So, so wait, you were at Gen Con, speaking of mysteries. Yes. So this doesn't match. This doesn't, the segue doesn't What are you doing this? My this, arm hurts. I don't oh, know. I thought you were like trying to, John, speed John, it up, John, come Keep on, you're moving. killing the Keep show. Move talk. Um, no, so, so how many conventions have you been to? All and conventions? And why should we go to, a, to the, why should I tag along for Gen Con? You mystery? need to come to Gen Con with me so that we can play... So that we can play, uh, so that we can play some D and D together. Sure. So that we can play some Numenera. Numenera. Which is yes, you could link to them. Can, because... can you can you uh, can you explain Numenera in one sentence? One sentence. Yes. Okay. Numenera <laughs> is a role playing game set one billion years in the future. All right, that was very good. Billion. Right. Billion. Where the grains of sand are embedded with. Nanoprocessors. I can't say more. You only gave me oh, one. Oh, I'm sense. sorry. You that's only true. gave me one. I'm sense. sorry. That's the game. It's really fantastic. The game. It's really fantastic. So, but and and I mean, here's the thing about Gen Con mm-hmm. is for the longest time I didn't get the appeal of it, right? Because I didn't play a lot of games. Yeah. But I went for the first time. I've not, I've been to the last to the last three. Uh huh. And. I love to go to conventions. I love to be around people who are enthusiastic about something. I love to be, you know, when we go to Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. I love to be there. I love to go, you know, so you go to a science fiction convention or a Star Wars convention and you're going to see panels and you're going to, to you know, see art exhibits and you're right. going to see displays and, and there's so much to do and it's all fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Gen Con is that people are there to play and do things and it's so it sounds obvious but I mean there's a lot of there are panels and things to go there but because the whole thing is being driven by games Mm -hmm. it's being driven by the fans who are there to do things and not just kind of consume the culture now are there like mini 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 gen cons or are there like east coast west coast there are other there are other gaming conventions but I mean that's the big one that's the big one right Right. it's it is I, I guess it would be fair to say that it you know it's kind of like the Comic Con of games, right? You know what I mean. You can go. To, there are other gaming conventions. There's a lot of local 
gaming conventions around. Right. But that's the giant one. So, so what what conventions are you going to go to uh, the next from or the ne- in the next calendar year from now? Um, well, one year out, I'll, I'll, I'm definitely planning to go to the, to Gen Con again. Sure. Um, and you have your room booked already? Not yet. Right. That's kind of. I hear that's that's the yeah, like, you got to move fast on that. Um, I would really like to go back to PenguinCon again, which is PenguinCon. PenguinCon is, is, is the. It's up in uh, uh, the Detroit area, mm-hmm. and they do it every spring. It's a science fiction and gaming and open source and computer programming. Cool. It is, and it's. I kind of want to go back to it because it's the only like smallish to mid-sized convention I've been to. Right. Like I think the year I went there, were, I think. 1,500 to 2,000 people there. Okay. Um, but what that means is it was really cool because everybody's at the same hotel. Oh, okay. So you go, right, to, right. You go to a panel to see your, your, a science fiction author that you like, and then you know, for the rest of the weekend you bump into him in the hallway and, sure. and chat and hang out. And, right, right. You know, it Did you talk cool to thing. Keith Baker at all? or Keith Baker or Keith Parker? Keith Baker. Baker. Uh, actually, not this Gen Con, but at Gen, Con, at Gen right. Con 2014, Keith Baker ran through True Dungeon yeah, with yeah. us. You know, he's a car- he kickstarted a card game that's supposed to be fantastic. But I just remember it was funny because, yeah, he was this the uh, guy that, that uh, one of the other Geek Deads introduced us mm-hmm. to. And I remember you saw a picture of us from True Dungeon and you were like, yeah, oh like, my gosh, you're standing, you're standing next to Keith Baker. created this whole campaign that like <laughs> was sort of the reason that I got interested in D&D again because I'm like, you mean they're still creating campaigns? People are still playing this game? Like, I, and I love I, that you yeah. have gotten back into D&D. Well, I was like naive. I was like, this game is never going to go on, you know, or what? Or it's never so, going to okay. change. It's never going to change. It's so, going to stay this forever. So did you play a lot of D&D? Like, yeah, when well, you were I growing played, up, did you play <laughs> D&D? I had, well, I had two groups that I played with. My cousins. Okay. Aaron and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And we would, uh, Ryan would be the dungeon master, and we would control, each person would control three or four characters. Okay. Right? And because then, you look back at those old modules and they say, you know, this this party is right, this is an ideal adventure for six to eight people. Right. Yeah, what? And then there was, but we would like they would come over and spend the, the whole week at our house, and we'd stay up till three o'clock every night playing. Okay. And then we also played Top Secret a couple times too. I never got to play Top which Secret, which was like the 007 right. playing game. Right. And then in high school, I remember uh, in seventh grade, I had a friend who was like, "Oh yeah, we play Dungeons and Dragons with the group," and I was like, "I'd like to come over, but I have to ask my parents." I remember being like really timid and like, do you guys mind if like Sunday <laughs> afternoon I go over to my friend's house and we play Dungeons and Dragons? And they were like, sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> and they were like, but every time I had to ask them, I was like, oh, this is painting. I don't know why. I was like, because I was, I was afraid they would say no or something like that. But then they would play every weekend. Mm-hmm. So, and they would go through these campaigns. And the Dungeon Master was really good. And then when I moved to college, it was like, that was not on my radar sort of right. thing. Um, people were playing this card game called Magic, and that was whatever. So maybe were they? Playing I, was, it there? I, they I were don't not. remember. No, they I don't not. think they were. But, but there, there was some, there were some people playing Dungeons and Dragons. But even though I I've already talked about how I never got to play Dungeons and Dragons, right? right. The one time until until my recent return to D and D, sure. The one time that I played a role playing game. Complete, like played a sure. full session, session, played through an adventure, was with you. Yeah, the Shadow in Run in college when, we right. ran, when somebody ran Shadow Run. Can you explain Shadow Run in one sentence? Shadow Run was, and I'm saying was because I know it's still around. But yeah. I, this is the Shadow Run that I remember. This is the first run, the mm-hmm. first edition Shadow Run. Mm-hmm. Shadow Run was a role playing game 
set in a near future where magic and technology were intertwined with the real world and what at the time would have been like the virtual reality yeah. internet. Yeah, yeah. At the time it was a new thing. I mean, well, it's, Neuromancer had come out by yeah, then, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of built on that. Right. It was fun. Oh my gosh, it was. Fun. It was so much fun. Because we, had, we had like 10 people. Yeah, we had yeah. 10 people. We had a great GM. Yep. And I, the, the, I remember really enjoying it because the other thing I remember is I seem to think there were a lot of people from the theater department. Okay. So everybody was kind of right. into yes, everybody yes, was yes. kind of into playing the characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And the other vivid memory I have is that we played literally all night. Yeah. Like yeah. we went over, ordered a pizza, yeah. started playing at like five or six, and I remember going back to the dorm room and going down the hall and putting my key in the door, and some guy, you know, he was like coming out of the shower down the hall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's up. Why is he taking a shower in the middle of the night? And he was like, hey, good morning. And, I, and you know, it was like 7 o'clock. Right. I was like, oh. And right, we had right. stayed up all night playing yeah. this game. No, I think, I think the, the games are good. I think, it's, uh, I think as humans, we're storytellers. Yes. And that this is uh, it's just imagination sort of, I don't know, it's fun. It, it taps into something that we do and that that makes us happy and that's yeah. make up stories well and you know it's funny because I sometimes I think I'm like is it weird and yeah I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm totally inviting abuse on this one but I think okay so you know once a week I get together with some friends and we play D&D and you know, right. we're all in our mumble mumble 40s whatever. sure but at the same time I think well you know my parents used to get together with the neighbors and like play Scrabble or play cards for four right. hours I mean right. whatever everybody's got their thing <laughs> right um, are, did you see anything? Uh, we're just going to wrap this up in a second here. Did okay. you see anything at, at Gen Con that was like like uh, that you think is going to be coming down the line, like like a future or excitement thing, or there's there's or so just much. anything that maybe three things that really hit you. Three things, I guess. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm running out of tape over here. Okay. So the one thing that I'm actually going to be writing about soon, which right. was very cool, which will plug was, for your uh, article. Well, which was. I I ran a role-playing game for the first time. Right, I ran, yes, I yes, ran yes. a Numenera session. Yes. And without giving a, a, away a bunch, what I will say is I ran the Numenera session using Monty Cook Games, is yes. who, who does Numenera. Yes. They put out a book. They, they came up with basically a, a new approach to running an adventure, yes. like a module. Right. And so... These are these are modules right. and adventures. Is this available for purchase now? Oh yeah, okay, absolutely. Okay, right. All right, but so but what makes it cool is, you know, most D and D adventures or most role playing adventures are designed right. to be uh, played over several hours. It's kind yeah, of this yeah. unfolding story. Right. They shuffled that up and said basically, you know, you should be able to get together with your friends and. Hey, instead of playing a board game tonight, we feel like playing a role-playing game. And you can sit down and play through a complete adventure in two to four hours. Right, right. And you should be able to do Like, a GM should be able to pick this up. You should be able to, to prep for this right. in, like, ten minutes' time. Right. And it's it's just an approach that I've never seen before. Right, right. You know? Yep. And so that's one exciting thing. Yes. What's the second exciting thing? Oh, my gosh. Thing? I can't just don't want you to give too much away about the, the new Okay. Stuff. Um... I don't know. You're putting me on the card spot. games, board games, dice games. Oh, we played a game. There was a game called, and I think 
somebody else might be writing about this for Geek Dad. Okay, so, okay. so keep an eye out for it. Called Mysterium. Uh, what is it? It's a it's it's a uh, like a group game. It's like a collaborative type game where uh, um, you know everybody's everybody's pulling toward a common goal. Sure. Is there and a game master involved? No. Oh, okay. But there's there's one of uh, one of the people is the the gist of the game is that the one person is supposed to be like a spirit okay. communicating through dreams. Sounds creepy to the other, to the other players. It's a lot of fun, and the wow. art there's there's some fantastic artwork. Mysterium. Mysterium. Is that that's out now or no? That's out now. Okay. Number that's three. This one I know has been written. See. Again, this is for Geek Dad because yes. I mean that's I why know, I was there. I know. So there's gonna be a big Geek we Dad played, logo. To and this was this was written up recently on Geek Dad. Okay, a game called Code Names. No idea. So much fun. Is it like you stick something on your forehead or no? Okay. Do you remember? Do you remember playing Password? No. <laughs> it's that kind of it's it's that kind of game. Okay. Where right. you have teams and you are trying to get your teammates to guess. Certain words that are on okay. display, but you enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, it was wow. so much fun! Yeah. Now, were there a lot of miniatures at Gen Con and everything like that? There are a lot of okay. miniatures right. at I Gen Con. Check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like miniatures. John, yes. thank you for being on the show. I feel like we just uh, scratched the surface here. See, here's the thing: we could probably just do this for like eight on, hours. It could be its own but, podcast, but right. eventually, yes. Um, well, thanks for having me, John. Thank you. We're gonna put all the links up. Okay, John. Thank you. No, thank you, Ivan. Good night, New Jersey.